good morning to everyone here before we start we'll just read few lines from savitri and then we will keep it like a question answer session that is how you want that will be good so we can cover a wide range a few lines from book 7 the book of yoga canto 2 the parable of the search for the soul i think this is the canto which is being read here right now this is a program given to savitri it's a wonderful program for our whole life for savitri she accomplished it in few days few months or as the mother says in this life in within a year time less than a year she had completed this program but for us it may take a lifetime it's worth it our agenda should be the voice replied remember why thou camest find out thy soul recover thy hid self in silence seek god's meaning in thy depths then mortal nature change to the divine open god's door enter into his trance cast thought from thee that nimble ape of light in his tremendous hush stilling thy brain his vast truth wake within and know and see cast from the sense that wears thy spirit's sight in the enormous emptiness of thy mind thou shalt see the eternal's body in the world know him in every voice heard by thy soul in the world's contacts meet his single touch all things shall fold thee into his embrace conquer thy heart's throbs let thy heart beat in god thy nature shall be the engine of his works thy voice shall house the mightiness of his word then shall thou harbor my force and conquer death so this is savitri and now we can page 476 this is when savitri is confronted with the problem of death of a loved one this is the background and um, she is looking at various options one option is that she can walk with him into the other world because she has that power that knowledge she can do that but then she hears from her own higher self a voice that are you going to do what everybody has done or are you going to change the law of earthly nature but how to change the law this is the program because it's easy to escape there are many paths when pavitrada came to shurbindo shurbindo asked him what do you want he said liberation shurbindo said there are quite a few yogis in india who can give you liberation but they are not easy to find still with some effort you can find them but if you want something more then you can stay here the pavitrada by then didn't know what can be something more he had done practiced yoga gone to mongolia practiced buddhist yoga practiced a uh, little bit of the yoga of the gita but there can be something more he had not uh, thought about it so then he started coming to shurbindo's evening talks and then of course he was completely taken up by this path so first step on the path is being told to us is to quieten the surface nature quieten even the inner mind inner vital inner physical and come in touch with the soul this is the first step of the yoga 
Right now we depend too much on the thought to understand light, but Shivendra calls it the nimble ape of light. It is nothing but a reflector, not the original source, and very often a poor reflector. So in the light of the truth we have to see and know, not by the analytical process of the mind because it is it fragments the truth. It makes it either or materialism or spirituality, God or world, life of sansara and life of life divine. So it creates all kinds of antagonisms. It cannot find the reconciling synthetic truth. And then when we do it progressively, we see and know in that light, then we are told that then you will see this universe as a body of God. So beautiful. And when, when that happens, the very senses will change their mode of functioning. In every contact, we will feel that secret thrill. I think yesterday or day before, somebody was mentioning about when Shobindo uh, had the fracture of the leg. Now, this sensation is normally painful, acutely painful. Shobindo was lying there like a golden purusha. He was not... Uh, asking for help. <laughs> so then mother felt inwardly and came out and then others came and Niroddha describes he was lying very terribly like a golden purusha. And he was asked, what were you doing at that point of time? He said, I was transmuting pain into ananda because there is nothing else but ananda but our mind, body and life being limited, we are not able to understand or experience it. So he says, earlier I had done it, but this was very acute and intense. So it was a real opportunity and a challenge. Earlier he had done it, he describes uh, that experience also in one of his poems. When in Calcutta he was stung by a scorpion. And he could change it into intense ananda. And then of course many other times, but this was one experience where he describes. Because all contacts ultimately are nothing but in their depth divine contact. They come to challenge us, they come to make us, make our limits grow wide. Sometimes in the process, they break the molds. But if we can become vast at that point of time, we will experience the same ananda. It's a liberation, true freedom in the true sense. Savitri is asked to follow this program and then she is told that you will then house that supreme vibration, the mightiness of the word and voice feelings, thoughts, everything will undergo a transmuting change and earthly life will become a life divine. This is the whole process in a nutshell. So with this background, we can have some questions if one wants or you want me to read something. One question is there, so I can start with that. This is question of the week. In what way the inner mind, inner life, inner life self and subtle body are different from the outer mind, life and body? I can give number of analogies. One analogy is the outer peel of a fruit is different from the fruit itself. Even though they have, the latter has developed from the former and both of them from the seed. That is the way things develop from within outward. So we try to only take care of the peel because this is visible. But if the fruit is rotten inside, the peel is not enough. So actually it is extension of the fruit meant for a certain purpose. Animals, they don't peel and eat. They eat with the peel. But we make a distinction between the outer and the inner. It's an extension. From the inner, the outer comes. So in the normal process of development, normally we say the body is formed, then the inner being is formed and then there is the soul. It's In a way it is true in evolutionary process. But there is another side of the story which is complementary. That the soul starts presiding over the formation of the body. And it puts forth certain powers from within itself which using cosmic nature begin to form an inner mind, inner life, inner physical for the experience it must have with the world. So it, it based on its past learning, past growth, 
it puts forth a small little inner being this inner being needs an outer instrument how will it act in the world in this gross material world so the gross material body is formed for the inner being to join with it and use it for the experience of the world through you know receive the contact of the world through the gyanendriya and give pour out on the world through the karmendriya this is the process but inner being has its own mode of knowing its own mode of action it can act actually without these gross senses but then its action will be subtle normally imperceptible occult but all the time it is happening it is taking place but normally we think we need the senses to know we need hands and feet and speech to act but all of us have experienced at some point or the other that there is a possibility of a direct transmission from one mind to another without the medium of speech people who live together for many years they begin to understand this is one of the problem that uh, people at least they come to me with that we are fighting with each other and you know age old advice don't worry if you stay together for some more years you will understand <laughs> because initially the medium is speech so whatever the person speaks we interpret this is all outer mind and we interpret based on our habitual patterns from what we have learned from what we have heard understood so this all outer personality playing with each other but if we allow time we begin to understand that the person when mummy is angry she is not really angry she is basically loving but initially with the outer mind mama you are so angry but when children grow up they understand mama and when mama is very angry what do you say mama you are so sweet don't be then mama starts smiling because actually she is not angry so there is an outer personality which acts which depends largely on the outer mold it depends on like physical senses on them the physical mind the vital mind that it picks up the outer personality of the vital life force will depend on the external instruments to express and communicate itself similarly the subtle physical will need the outer physical but it's possible and it happens that by the pressure of the soul the inner being begins to one get molded on the other hand it begins to become more and more independent there may be a difference often there is a difference between the inner being and the outer personality one may not be always able to uh, you the outer instrument may not be very good you give a you know very bad pen which is hardly writing to someone whose thoughts are flowing incessantly then there is a mismatch so over a period of time through the pressure of the soul period of time spanning through many lives the mold gets broken but the inner being gets better and better and ultimately you have mold is the same all human beings through many births more or less will have the same body some difference is there based on the inner being there is some difference and that's a whole science by itself occult science but the inner being will begin to change the inner man that's what is there in the parable of the avatars you see the outer body is changing up till vamana after vamana there is a change in consciousness and the inner being the inner being of rama and the inner being of krishna though both are divine both are avatars but it's very different the inner being of buddha is very different so after a point with human evolution the inner being nature stresses on that so by the pressure of the growing soul shubindra uses a very beautiful term in savitri regards the icon growing by its gaze it's like a light that falls upon it and it begins to change shape itself inner being is very malleable so slowly the inner mind begins to turn towards light begins to be impregnated by truth the inner life force opens to sweetness to the joy of the divine it begins to open to a love that is not confined to merely material uh, things a different kind of similarly the inner life force can become luminous powerful strong so slowly an inner being is shaped shubindo uses the word inner man which we do not normally see because we see only the outer personality 
not even outer personality we see the dress that is the worst <laughs> then we see the color of the skin <laughs> then we see the outer but that is a deception because shuminda describes in savitri it can lend beauty to the terror of the gulfs just the subtle physical subtle physical is a beautiful of beautiful form its purpose is to create beauty of form but sometimes the outer mold may not respond and sometimes it can respond so it can lend beauty to the terror of the gulfs invest with a charm the demon and the snake see snakes can be very charming <laughs> so now what is happening is the inner being is putting pressure on the outer mold to change but outer mold is molded by habitual patterns so mind thinks conventionally even when they must have experienced no this tussle inner mind admits yes this is true but the outer mind habitually reacts so inner mind believes in let us say freedom of women and yes all uh, people are equal and we should go and uh, also make sometimes food for family no when but when outer mind when we go home most people will sit on the sofa and say how about a cup of tea and sit and watch tv this is habitual reaction it's very uh, it should not be the outer because shobhinu says unless the outer changes nothing permanent is done so there is often a conflict inner mind has become open to communication beyond without the need of speech it can extend into the universal come up with truths which normally the outer mind depends on physical data so sometimes again here there can be confusion the inner mind goes and feels divine presence or feels such beautiful thoughts but the outer mind may say i don't know is it really divine if it is divine this must happen that must happen this must not happen that must not happen because the outer mind relies on the physical data whereas the inner mind knows through inner senses it has a different way of knowing there are inner senses actually which develop through yoga more and more one relies less and less on the outer similarly with the inner life that again it falls into a habitual mold whereas inner life is something strong and luminous and powerful and it can grow even more luminous it can grow more and more pure refined subtle feel energetic even heal many problems in the body just by its pressure in contact but ordinarily it is depend dependent on physical processes for everything so you know one small example of inner life there are people in whose presence you will feel very cheerful and uplifted naturally isn't it there are others where you say oh my god even though outwardly you will say namaste aiye baithiye but you are thinking when will the person go because you feel drained out this is an inner commerce taking place the inner life is pulling from another person eating giants they eat away the energy and you'll fall sick if you are in company of such a person for a long time whereas there is the inner life of others which nourishes directly you can feel the emotions without actually you know how do we feel emotions other others emotions our own emotions we are identified with it outwardly there may not be much expression but inwardly you can feel it because the inner being can directly feel it has that capacity to communicate and same with the subtle physical you get up or rather you come from the ashram habitually you put your feet in a chapal then after a while you feel something is not right it is the inner subtle physical which feels also about illness you know there are people who say i don't feel fully well have you felt it sometimes your you feel it like an instinctive body consciousness that something is not right nothing can be detected in the outer but the subtle physical knows it can sense it can actually touch an illness have you noticed uh, when uh, there is a viral fever or something the taste changes the smell changes also sometimes you can feel it 
can actually experience the inner physical can tell you about an illness if it is nearby in the atmosphere by obviously by we have not developed these parts it is still dependent on the outer but by development one need not uh, pursue a methodical development in yoga by the pressure of yoga this inner being slowly begins to get liberated and begins to get refined purified more and more it begins to undergo change then the next is the working on the outer being but outer being is more like a shell it's like it's necessary to fix the ego in in some mold and mother gives a very nice example the the kulfi what do you call it ice cream kulfi no so kulfi water the milk has sweet milk has to be put inside a mold and then put in some freezer now this sweet milk is the soul it crystallizes as kulfi the outer mold is the outer being the outer personality the outer mind it will limit the kulfi to this size and shape and form so at some point you have to open it and free it if you want to enjoy it so in yoga by the pressure of yoga the inner being gets freed first from the outer mold but to act in the world at least to some extent you still need it so yogis will use it deliberately and purposefully and when the time is over they will say like kabir said ki that you know patra phut gaya gada phut gaya oh it breaks the pot and it is free they are conscious of their inner being and the inner being carries the soul upward then when in different planes it will be shed and the soul will go further up if you are conscious you will remain conscious in all these realms even in dream worlds one will remain conscious if one is conscious of the inner being one can become directly aware of what's happening inside others you can read the thoughts you can feel the motives so all this is about the inner being which is the inner mind inner life and inner physical so we'll read little bit about it even our subtle physical can develop capacities to act at a distance and heal mother speaks of it um, i'll give two examples one of course is the supreme shurubindo when somebody came and he said i am having so much pain so much pain so mother said i saw in his abdomen there was a little black spot dancing like an insect shurubindo didn't do anything outwardly he looked and she saw a subtle arm come out no that time it, it would have looked like tribhuj or chaturbhuj <laughs> that's what it means so a subtle arm came out and just went inside picked up the spot and threw it far away and the man said ah my pain is gone my pain is gone he didn't know what is the reason there was a process similarly when we begin to work for the divine this happens the subtle physical can start acting much more and grant to the outer physical things which normally normally if you have to pick up let's say 20 blessing packets or 20 message cards so we will count but if we are doing it regularly for mother or if anything we are doing thus subtle physical will spontaneously pick up a bundle and it will be 20 one common example in everyday life how you know sometime when you have to prepare a recipe to you one is that you know people read a book or see and then prepare it another is try it as an act of love and see what happens your hand will tell you it's a inner physical which which can directly sense how much is needed so this has to be liberated it's it can be it has to be developed now behind the inner mental inner life force and inner physical there is something else which will come later on but since we are at it we'll talk about it it is that true mental true vital true physical so what the soul does is now we can little bit visualize soul is putting out its powers and energies and forming an inner being 
something of this inner being it absorbs and keeps with itself and that becomes the psychic personality through period of time there is something of the inner mental inner physical inner vital which will not dissolve at death it will go with the soul form a psychic personality come back so already now this is one step 10 steps ahead so it helps tremendously and when this formation of the inner psychic personality is complete then one is actually a candidate for liberation you don't have to ask for it you are ready for it you are granted it because one has completed the schooling on earthly life but some psychic beings may like to participate in this wonderful work they may say all right but now i want to change the my school you know sometimes we feel like we have studied in a school and gone out now we say you know there were problems i want to make it better so people come back and they start changing the school give new ideas because they have gone out and have received new ideas so this is becomes the yoga of transformation so now we have the psychic being or rather the psychic consciousness which will develop into a psychic being through experiences of life and from this psychic we have a putting out of an inner being which is formed by the meeting of the outer nature and the inner so it begins to shape this also goes on from life to life and we have the final outer mold at times mother would say in the agenda that people give so much importance to the gross outer but i give importance to the subtle physical and she uses the word it is the true physical because the outer one is formed largely under the grip of the inconscient inconscient is only allowed this much that's why it is so rigid one example is that when leg is injured and this we use in medicine but in dream sometimes you are walking normally isn't it now if you are walking normally in the dream that means the subtle physical is unaffected and this subtle physical will impress itself on the outer and that is how really healing takes place because the original plan is there so this is the background and we will read now some lines it's perfectly fine we can switch up without feeling guilty it's perfectly fine don't <laughs> don't See, there should be an atmosphere full of light and peace and joy. We should not become serious if it's helpful. <laughs> it's okay. You know, sometimes it happens that you know people feel embarrassed that if I take out now, it will be known it's my phone. It's all right. We are not babies, or rather, we are all mothers' babies. So, <laughs> more problematic the inner cell phone, which rings all the time. So where was which page is that which you know this question? Four eighty-three. Four eighty-three. Okay. So first, Shri Aurobindo described the outer personality and how it is at the mercy of senses, nerves. All this he has described. I'm not reading that. But then, on page four eighty-two, he starts from all the world's possibilities in man. Right. <clears throat> i think um, inner mind comes on 485 it starts from here but we'll go to 485 straight away the lines which were quoted but i am starting from page 484 where there is a break and a new passage starts but this is only matters first self view that i am this uh, you know this outer personality <coughs> outer personality and the outer being includes our outer mind oh i am so i am like this i am a useless fellow all these are part of our habitual responses in the mind and life force a scale and series in the ignorance this is not all we are or all our world our greater self of knowledge waits for us a supreme light in the truth conscious vast it sees from summits beyond thinking mind so 
So here, Shubhendra used the word a greater self of knowledge. So this is how, uh, you know, in the Upanishad it is described as the Dwasupanna, the two birds. One sits above and enjoys and the other is eating the fruit. So similarly we have two poises of the central Jivatma. One is the central being which is above our greater self of knowledge. It is beyond space and time. It knows what we are going to become. So it is peaceful. And there is another which has entered and is struggling into this world. Identifies with mind and life and body. Suffers the stroke as Shubhindu has described. Hangs upon the cross. Bleeds with fate's whips. But there is the greater self of knowledge. It moves in a splendid air transcending life. It shall descend and make earth's life divine. When earth is ready, then it will descend. And that's described beautifully in Savitri how this fuses into the central being and then the transformation starts. Truth made the world, not a blind nature force. For here are not our large diviner heights. Our summits in the superconscious blaze are glorious with the very face of God. This is our true identity. But it is reserved. We have to discover it. Why we have to discover it? Because simply because we have to be ready and capable to express it. Otherwise, no point just discovering it. So, otherwise we will say, okay, I have discovered it and fuse with it. Why should I struggle with earth? So, that's why we have so many stories where the prince is sent away from the kingdom. And much later he discovers the you know, story of Paris in the Trojan War, story of Oedipus. All these are stories where the prince, our Krishna, Krishna is not told, you are actually the real king's child. <laughs> His father should have been, if not king, at least part of the king. He was brother-in-law of Kansa, king of Mathura. He had his own kingdom. But Krishna grows up away. He doesn't know. It's the story of the psychic being. Though the kingdom belongs to him. So he has to be trained. And the prince has to be trained. Grow up capable. Being in the wilderness. Till it becomes strong enough. And ready to reclaim the kingdom. So that is our true being. So it is important to remember this. And not to allow any depressing thoughts. I am this, I am that. Including I am diabetic, I am hypertensive. It's not a good thought. It's a negative mantra. Don't make it your identity. Say I, have, I am a very sweet person. Little sugar goes up and down. Little blood pressure goes up and down. It's alright. It's fine. Keep it in its place. Take a medicine. Say my body sometimes behaves erratically. I try to tell this fellow that look you don't have to, you know... Throw up a pressure, take it easy, relax, it doesn't listen to me. Slowly one day it listens. So it's keep it in its place. Don't say, oh, I am hypertensive. We have to remember I am divine. I am portion of that wonderful. <laughs> this has to be the constant remembrance. But yes, outer has to change and be molded into it. That's why we have to work. So through life experiences, we work upon it. But always that is waiting for the right moment the right conditions when it can descend and make our life, earthly life, life divine. There is our aspect of eternity. There is the figure of the God we are. All of us are potentially, by God here, Shirvindu is saying, is meaning that we are all portions and powers and aspects of the one eternal. That's what the gods are. So all of us are meant to represent in earthly life, something of the eternal. It may be strength, it may be wisdom, it may be love, it may be sweetness. And that is how our life journey unfolds. So we have to wait. That is already marked out for us. So divine, what he does, he first already prepares a certificate for us, passed by first class first, for everybody he has prepared. <laughs> Also which course. Now we have to fit into it. Figure out. <laughs> how to deserve the certificate. 
He has done the job. He has already decided it will be like this. But the path we will take, we may take long, we may take short. That is a different thing. We may have these experiences, but we are all going to get, you know, that Alice in Wonderland, if somebody has read. So there is a race going on and they make Dodo the judge. And at the end, they all ask, who is the winner? So he says, all have run, all are winners. <laughs> Winner here means when we finally discover. So when you look at it like this, it's very interesting. Everything is ready, we have to discover. In Pondicherry, there used to be a very uh, famous um, message. <coughs> Even now, some people like to buy a house, make sure everything is settled. Then they want to come to Pondicherry to settle it doesn't work out like that. Let me tell you. You come. If you have come, a place has been kept for you. Discover it. And it applies to everywhere. Something has been kept. Even somebody told me the same thing. Of course, I believe it. And how things unfold. Place is kept. You will discover it. But when you discover it, know that this has been kept for you. This how. And if something else, you'll further. So life is a perpetual discovery. Discovery of what? That which we actually are. So we are discovering it. So that's why we read in the previous passage, we have not read it, but the, the old self, which draws us back, which pulls us back. There is the figure of the God we are. His young, unaging look on deathless things. His joy in our escape from death and time. His immortality and light and bliss. That is always immortal, always conscious. Like, you know, when you are playing a computer game, you, see, you can learn yoga through computer game. You don't have to necessarily stop children. We can turn it into. So what happens? They are so identified. When you see in the computer that fight is going on, somebody has to cross some levels and when he doesn't say, Oh my God, actually nothing has happened. It's <laughs> you are still free. Or you escape. Level 5. Ah, wonderful. Joy in the escape from snare of death. Who is getting the joy? This fellow is getting the joy. <laughs> he is not actually in it. So, sometimes good to know. And in science, this analogy is coming up. That, you know, probably we are like programmed machine <laughs> being worked upon by our... There is another aspect of ours in another world. This thought is coming. And from there we are acting. But we are so identified. Like when we are watching the movie or playing this game. We forget that actually we are free. We can quit the game. We can play it well. This victory and defeat has no meaning. But it is a process of growth and the joy of it. His immortality and light and bliss. Our larger being sits behind cryptic walls. So from there he is playing this game. Who is playing the game? Not some destiny. We are the fellows who are playing the game. So we should not blame. Ah, destiny has chosen so many difficulties in my life. We should say, ah, what a challenge. I am playing on level 5. Easy game, level 1. So either which way you are happy. Level 1 means easy life. Everything is fine, comfortable. Silver spoon in the mouth like Duryodhana. Not a really a worthwhile life. Level 5 means like Pandavas thrown into the Vanvas from childhood, again into the forest, again into the forest. You lose the game of dice, everything you are losing. But you are not a loser. You are actually being prepared for the final win. I think this is what these uh, filmmakers in India know. Where you will see the hero is getting beaten again and again and again. End point, like that, uh, you know, film, Salman Khan's wrestling film, whatever it was. Huh? Sultan. Sultan. Fellow is getting beaten black and blue. We all know, last he is going to hit him. <laughs> but you see, the joy is, supposing he, in first shot he had finished, then we will not get the joy. But when at the end he makes that his typical move, Sultan move. Then we all feel the great joy. Na? That is the kick of the drama. That enhances the joy. So if we have challenges in life, our greater self is sitting behind. 
and he has allowed taken the challenge that's what mother says soul chooses its fate that is what is the meaning of prarabdh karma soul will choose out of sanchit karma those which it must finish in this life it takes on and it says okay give me this time level 3 challenge i am ready for it next life still greater so the more we evolve the greater the challenge because <laughs> we are being prepared look at mother and shubindu's life what challenge sitting with sword on his head when it will fall endman or gallows he doesn't know we start uh, complaining on small issues every possible disease mother says there is not a single disease which human beings can suffer which i have not taken upon this body can we imagine even shobindu's physical body if you see the previous to yoga body we i mean though of course if he is for us always even when he was dark he was tall and dark and handsome because he is our beloved but if you look at it body with various things but all these changes by the pressure of yoga therefore he can say that yes even the outer body can change even the hair changed the glow changed everything so he took upon himself the most challenging circumstances father is you know mother has died or you see is not able psychologically disturbed from childhood and father dies before he can come back can we imagine that kind of life normally if a child comes back after studying he expects his father to help him establish at least get him a good job here is your window who doesn't even know that his father has died and when he lands his father has died and you know mother obviously but what is his uh, impression he is not thinking of that he says mother india greeted me with a vast calm it descended this is the greater self when that becomes active even in the midst of danger it supports us he experiences the vast calm descending upon him this is the action of the greater being which sits above and supports us through the journey there are greatnesses hidden in our unseen parts that wait their hour to step into life's front shubindu write that poem godhead where he is going on a carriage in baroda and suddenly the wheel gets disengaged and the carriage can meet with a fatal accident and he sees the godhead emerge and hold the reins and stops the carriage is immortalized it in his poem the godhead it's a real experience so it waits for its hour to emerge we feel an aid from deep indwelling gods suddenly this example i was giving and all of us experience it one speaks within light comes to us from above some of us of course have been fortunate to know about mother and shubindu from childhood but many of us are not how did we suddenly come what happened in our life it was unplanned this place was unplanned 10 years back when this land was being purchased or given or built who would have known that one day we'll have satsang on savitri swar by the way it's one of the best groups i must tell you so many groups i have interacted with and i have no uh, qualms in saying it openly it's a very very beautiful group of yours and mother should keep harmony and peace because what happens when there is a very beautiful work going on of the divine there is a tendency for forces to come in to disrupt it just keep the ego aside and just enjoy savitri it doesn't matter who is right and wrong with regard to understanding explanations don't get into that just enjoy savitri let there be a group dedicated to savitri and of course to yoga but through savitri it's something very beautiful and i am sure this is mother's action so please uh, keep it our soul from its mysterious chamber acts its influence pressing on our heart and mind pushes them to exceed their mortal self so this is what i was saying inner being begins to get shaped under the pressure of the soul its influence you know somebody says come to pondicherry acha okay now you know you say okay let's go let me also go kya hai udhar ashram hai what else is there other than ashram 
Oh, sea beach is there. Sea beach. Ah, that's fine. I have never seen sea beach. <laughs> so, combining. Sometimes people say, you know, that, you know, my children don't come because they don't want to come to ashram. I said, tell them that there is seashore also. They will enjoy. What is there? <laughs> this is the whole strategy of the divine. Go to the sea beach. It's a fact. So, they are enjoying the sea. And then you go to ashram and suddenly your life, oh my God, what was I missing? It is acting from its mystery. Actually, it is the soul which is pushing. Nobody else. Outwardly, you see some occasion, some excuse, something will happen. Somebody may tell you or you may, you know, a situation may arise. Sometimes even crisis. So people are told you go to Pondicherry or you pray to mother and the person prays to mother and feels good. Various things can happen. The soul will pick up the moment and the time to call it short. And then it is sure short. You are hooked. So that's how it is from mysterious chambers. Its influence pressing on our heart and mind pushes them to exceed their mortal selves. It seeks for good and beauty and for God. This is the eternal seeking of the soul. Good, beauty, truth, satyam, shivam, sundram. Shubhindra used the word God. So that's how it seeks. This is its habitual seeking. Wherever it doesn't find... In fact, as the soul develops and the being becomes refined, we feel a natural repulsion from things which are false, which are distorted, perverted. We feel a, there is a natural change. Things which earlier one could enjoy, later on one wonders, how could I enjoy this? Was I such a fellow? Because then it begins to seek for good and beauty and God. We see beyond self's walls, our limitless self. We gaze through our world's glass at half-seen vast. We hunt for the truth behind apparent things. Then this world begins to mirror God's delight and it becomes a glass through which we begin to see. So flower is no more a flower, but it is the expression of beauty. We see a flower and we are for a moment held captive to its joy. And if you stay for more than 10 minutes gazing at a flower, they will refer you to a psychiatrist. The fellow has gone mad. On the road he is gazing at flowers. But because you are no more seeing a flower, you are seeing something else. And if you tell the person I am seeing, ah, see, God's beauty. Oh, then 100% you need medicines. So this is how it begins to see beyond the glass, world's glass. It begins to mirror. Everything begins to unfold itself in different ways. The sea is no more the sea. When Dara from Hyderabad, Nizam's son, he came to Shirobindu. Shirobindu asked him, Have you seen the sea? Yes, sir, I have seen the sea. Then because he came from the background of Islam, so, a dualistic thought basically, that world is different, God is different. So, he asked him, Sir, is there God in the sea? Now, you see, this is the soul which spoke. Otherwise, there was no need to ask it. He says, Sir, is there God even in the sea? <laughs> so, Sri foot was on a low-lying stool. He lifted gently, put it back with a little force on the stool and said, Yes, he is everywhere. And suddenly, Dara had a vision of the divine presence everywhere. Yes, he is everywhere. So we begin to look at the sea and we begin to see God. We look at a child and we see God smiling in the child's face. So it's a very, it's called luminous madness. So, our inner mind dwells in a larger light. This was the line. So inner mind can know it. Outer does not know. So when you go to Pondicherry, I am giving one example. It acts in many ways. You can go to X place, Y place. And suddenly you feel, ah, he is my master. So if somebody asks you, but why do you say so? What will you say? You say, I know it. Oh, no, 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 don't tell me that. Give me an objective analytical reply. What happened? Did you have a miracle? No, 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 it's not about miracle. So you see, you are living in some subjective world. They will say, outer mind cannot explain, but the inner mind knows. 
इनर माइंड कैन सेंस इनर माइंड कैन रिसीव यस आई फील दिस इज मदर्स इंडिकेशन आई फील दिस इज द राइट थिंग टू डू हाउ डू यू नो हैव यू एनालाइज इट सो दिस डिफरेंस बिटवीन द आउटर माइंड एंड द इनर माइंड इनर माइंड कैन सी इन ए लार्जर लाइट इट्स ब्राइटनेस लुक्स एट अस थ्रू हिडन डोर्स these are hidden doors in matter itself through which its light can escape our members luminous grow and wisdom's face appears in the doorway of the mystic ward slowly the even the outer personality the outer mind begins to get molded so that light begins to appear even outwardly in everyday life everyday events begin to reveal to us the working of of the divine when she enters into our house of outward sense then we look up and see above her son even these senses begin to get transmuted these senses are extension of the mind that's why mind is the sixth sense when they begin to change some people may have experienced i felt mother's touch then you look up wonder what happened some see a light inner sense they hear a voice inner sense and they begin to look up they sometimes feel the nectar of sweetness on the tongue lingers the honey of paradise that's how shikunda describes it or at all the levels smell sometimes you will get the fragrance of jasmine or rose shobindo's presence can be actually smelled you'll actually smell it you know now of course it's not that if you can't smell is not present <laughs> the reverse doesn't hold true but the inner senses begin to look up and see and they start searching because they are now developing because of the light flowing from the inner mind which is awakening to the greater light a mighty life self with its inner powers supports the dwarfish modicum we call life dwarfish modicum small little life you ask somebody who is still not aware of the larger life what do you want to do i don't know i am thinking you know i just want to earn a decent livelihood beyond it you cannot or some ambition government job this that but when the larger life steps out then if you ask hanuman what do you want to become the best monkey no the most powerful monkey no king of the monkey world no i just want to serve my lord is the larger life it's his aspiration it it just wants that and it takes joy in that in fact after a while it finds all these things like outer ambition so meaningless it become very difficult sometimes for many people to even continue with the outer life because the inner change has taken place you want to serve the divine but the corporate boss wants you to serve the money power it's a phase one has to go through till the inner change completely imposes on the outer even the circumstances change so that's a different story it can graft upon our crawl to puza wings crawl what is he doing oh he has joined as you know first level manager what is he going to become at the end maybe if he goes well after 30 40 years he will become the vp of the company crawl at the end you are still doing the same thing the same company suddenly two puza wings the same fellow after maybe <laughs> 5 years so what are you doing now ah such a joy i have you know mother has given me her work to do puza wings what about becoming vp it doesn't interest me anymore it it is her, it is her work actually it's, it's a real experience when i when i joined the service people used to ask me so after how many years you become air marshal and all this this was never on my agenda anyways so the doctor but this is how people think oh now you are in often they will ask flight lieutenant equivalent to what squadron leader equivalent to what so like that it was going on i used to feel so silly they don't go beyond the squadron leader and wing commander it is irrelevant so you you are happy doing something much greater 
greater not in in that sense but greater in the sense something which is deeply engaging you and giving you so much joy nobody is interested in that so it can graft two pusa wings and this little life changes into a larger life force and then we get all the energy that we need for the work our body's subtle self is throned within in its viewless palace of veridical dreams true dreams veridical there are other dreams which when we are still laboring under the subconscious which we have seen we experience but this subtle physical with its subtle senses can show us things which are true but hidden from our sight in dream it can take us some people in dream come in contact with mother and shurbindu <coughs> Because the subtle physical can take us there into that abode, but if we are not conscious of it, only the outer body, then we will not be conscious even of the dream. Or in dream, we will just remember the subconscious chaotic activity. But when the subtle physical develops, it says, "Fine, the body is put to sleep. Come, let's go and meet your window in his abode." Of course, one is not always allowed to be admitted, but you will feel the atmosphere. travel and come back and so beautiful many interesting gifts it can receive in the dream and they are true they are not just dreams so shivendra uses the word veridical dreams verities it's a from a french word truth verify all this comes from the same root true dreams they are not dreams which are just you know chaotic dreams of the subconscious by the clarity and the experience if you get a gift from mother maybe receive a touch if she holds your hand you will not forget all your life <laughs> so they are not to be taken as just dreams veridical dreams people used to ask mother mother yes yes my child yesterday i came to you and told you many things do you remember she would ask it to see how much we are conscious in the outer being no mother i don't even remember meeting you okay okay <laughs> sometimes we remember once you receive that touch you cannot forget the rest of your life many many things they are very vivid they are not forgotten like this they are not chaotic they are very clear they carry the clarity lucidity that light gives because they are dreams that take place or actions that take place in a light light of truth so they cannot be just erased from memory veridical dreams that are bright shadows of the thoughts of god they are often symbols of something which has happened so in a dream you receive a flower mother gives you rose country rose or another rose so what she has gifted us gift of surrender gift of love for the divine she has given us as gift they are shadows bright shadows of the thoughts of god so with the dream when we receive it we understand ah or she may give to you give to us either a sword a mystic sword the power of discernment that is how divyastra they used to receive and they receive it and then it becomes part of you because one has been prepared for this gift of grace they are all gifts of grace in the prone obscure beginnings of the race the human grew in the bowed ape like man he stood erect a god like form and force and his soul's thoughts looked out from earth born eyes man stood erect he bore the thinker's brow so even the physical begins to change it's a symbol because we have been told the gifts inside are like symbols so here we have symbol even the body is a symbol so you see insects are crawling snakes crawl and slowly you can fly that's why in dreams seeing birds are power of the souls they are beautiful most of the birds some cannot fly three or four birds very crude some fly but they look on the meat 
below, but they also end up doing some work. These are scavengers of nature. So they are hints, symbolic hints. Then we have the quadruped. Quadruped is prone on the on the floor, on the ground, and is running. It is full of vitality, but it doesn't have the ability to look up. Animals can't do it. They have eyes on two sides, so they can look this way. They don't have a synthetic vision. It's a very challenging task. We have that. Then we have to grow up. Next level, mind has to manifest. So because mind has to manifest, the whole body begins to undergo a change. Many changes in the human body. But the most characteristic is from the prone state, we stand erect. Because man was meant to stand erect. That is why even psychology we use the term manliness, manhood. Manhood is the courage to stand by truth. Manhood is not uh, shouting and beating. Manhood can come to anybody. It is the ability to stand direct in the face of opposition. To stand by truth. This is how we mean. Because it is standing erect. Spine becomes erect. That is why we use, sometimes use the word spineless character. <laughs> Have a spine. See all this language. Symbolic language. We actually know it intuitively. That is why we say, oh, it sees a pain on the pain in the neck. Or is a pain in my back. Now scientists say back pain is largely because of stress. Somebody is a pain in the back. So please look carefully what is the cause for the pain in the back. Pain in the neck. Isn't it? I feel fear in my belly. Excitement in the heart. All this you know. Its body is a symbol. Shurabindu is pointing towards that. How nature has prepared a body to become, you know, it, it has to express mind and its activities. So the change. He is to direct a godlike form and force. Man is made in the image of the gods. That's why he, the word used for the divine being is the same word used for human being. Purusha. Even there is a phrase, Sa Purusha Evascha. Same, man is made in the image of God. There is a description of the Purusha. It has nothing to do with gender. It is very unfortunate. It nothing to do with gender, please. The Purusha dwells in everybody. Because sometimes, you know, this... The reason why in India we have misunderstood and... Because of this misunderstanding, people have started giving to men a greater place. But it is nothing to do with gender. Purusha. So all the they talk about the Purusha who is there above. So he is the Lord. So somebody once asked me that you know, do women also have a soul? <laughs> so I said yes, Shurabindu has corrected this imbalance in Indian thought. So he has used the word feminine for psychic being. Everywhere you read. But since he knows and she has of course brought the Divine Mother in the forefront. He has changed our thinking and the human race and the equation in more ways than one. That's why the grand epic is Savitri, not Sativan, not Ashwapati. It is Savitri. So he has ushered a new age in many ways. It's one aspect. So everything that he has done, there is a meaning behind it. Symbol. And you will see at the end when Savitri asks for the boon, every time Shabinda will use the word woman, all the women yearningly replied, she felt. So it is that feminine he has brought. Okay, we have done enough of Purusha. Let's come to Devi. And at one place he says that to worship all women as goddess is true Tantra. Tantra. You don't have to learn all these yantram, mantram, etc. That is, let it be for the pandits. Complicated fellows, but they have to build a house and send their children for education, so it's okay. But what is true Tantra? It is there in Indian thought. 
you know, it is Devi worship. Recently, you must have seen a clipping in UP um, chief minister praying to girls. This is done. I am sure even now in some houses it is done, isn't it? Is it done or not? I have grown up and seen like Komari Puja. That's it. It is done. When you call women and girls and you... It's a very interesting symbol. Unfortunately, it stops after that. But it is a symbol that if you worship the feminine form as the goddess, the Divine Mother is pleased with us. And so it must continue always. Kumari Puja, that's it. So, everything, it becomes a symbol. So, human being stands, man stood direct. He looked at heaven and saw his comrade start. So, see symbolically, he begins to turn his face up and look at the skies and look at the stars whose companion he is. The stars are guiding him. All the mariners know it. All the aircrafts, now we have a navigation system. But I have flown in those uh, old time aircraft, Dakota and all. We used to have navigator, air force. So how we used to navigate? By these stars. So night flying and it was great fun. So the navigator will tell, uh, we used to fly as doctor that, uh, you know doc, now you know, you can see the pole star, there it is. So by that they will navigate. Now we have all these systems. So companion of the stars, he is moving with the stars. Stars are guiding him. A vision came of beauty and greater birth, slowly emerging from the heart's chapel of light and moved in a white, lucent air of dreams. He saw his being's unrealized vastnesses. He aspired and housed the nascent demigod. The very fact we aspire is a sign that it is already there. When mother was asked, mother, when we ask you to cure us, and sometimes we just have the faith that we will be cured. What is the difference? Mother says, if you have the faith and if you have the aspiration, it means it has already been granted somewhere. If we aspire for the divine perfection, if we aspire to unite with the divine mother, if we aspire to be her slave and child, if we aspire to simply love her, it means it has been granted. But we have to prepare through aspiration. Aspiration is actually preparing for something which is already granted. Because this was asked to mother that already divine has done everything. So why should we aspire? Aspiration is the process to discover. It is like a light. It has already been granted. But aspiration will show us the light through which we have to move. It will prepare our being for realizing that which we have already aspired. See, we cannot aspire for something artificially. Try doing it. It will become a mechanical something, imagination. You can't hold it. Aspiration is from the heart's chapel of light. It is not something which can be done mechanically at all. So that is the proof that man will one day grow into his divinity. So this is the about this passage. Any other question?